Welcome to the Landmark Apostolic Church Podcast. We hope that this message inspires you and brings impact to your life. Enjoy the message. ...that I want to share with you. And um, while you are still standing, go with me to the book of Philippians. Philippians chapter 4. Amen. Philippians chapter 4. And we want to begin reading at verse number 4. Those of you who have your Bible, fantastic. If not, we will throw it up on the screen for you. Philippians chapter 4 and 4 says, Rejoice in the Lord always, and again I say, Rejoice. Let your moderation be known unto all men. The Lord is at hand. Be careful for nothing, but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known unto God. And the peace of God, which passeth all understanding, shall keep your hearts and your minds through Christ Jesus. Finally, brethren, whatsoever things are true, Whatsoever things are honest, whatsoever things are just, whatsoever things are pure, whatsoever things are lovely, whatsoever things are of good report, if there be any virtue and if there be any praise, think on these things. And verse 9 says, those things which ye have both learned and received and heard and seen in me do, and the God of peace shall be with you. I just want to uh, speak to you just for the next few minutes here from this title, I'm Tired. I'm Tired. It took me a long time to come up with that title, so I hope you appreciate it this morning. I'm Tired. Lord bless you. You may be seated today. How wild is it that this is the last Sunday in July? Is that, or in June? July begins on, that's how tired I am, y'all. We start July on Friday, and uh, we are 88 days away from the first day of fall. Praise ye the Lord. I feel like I just pulled out my Christmas lights. Is anybody else? I feel like I just packed it all up, threw it in the garage. But no, I mean, we're 182 days away from Christmas. 182, you're like, why are you preaching on this in the middle of summer? I'm I'm excited about the pool. I'm excited about vacation. I'm excited about those things too. But this is just, it's amazing to me that we are just flying through the year. And I don't know about anybody else, but it is wearing me out how quickly time marches forward. My uh, my work schedule has been all over the place, and I know that doesn't help at all with slowing things down. And I feel like every time I blink, there's another uh, day is going, another week, another month. And in my job, we don't really count months at how many days are in a month. It's how many business days are in a month. And so typically there's 21, 22, or on a short month, there's 20 days. And so with that, it really speeds up the months. Those days just fly by and we we are through another month before we even know it. And time marches on another month, another year. And I'm tired. And I know I'm not the only one here today 
that has a busy schedule. There's a lot of you that feel the same way when you begin to look at your schedule and not just your work schedule, but your life schedule. All right. The, the, the responsibilities that you have, not just your eight to five Monday through Friday, but along with that, it's, it's life. The, the things that you have to go and do, the events and uh, that you have to attend, the people that you have to call back because you were too busy for their first phone call and their second phone call. And so you got to schedule those calls back. And it's not that you begrudge any of it. It's just tiring. It's, it's weary. How many of you feel tired today, if you would be honest with me? Yeah, I mean, there's some of you in the sleep in the back right now because it's that bad. You know, like I'm going to, no, I'm just kidding. I love, I love our daughter work church back there. That's all the way in the back. It is a far way back. But, but it's tiring, weary. And I had some meetings this past week. I wasn't able to be here for midweek service. I was in Southern California. First time ever in California. It is the farthest west that I have traveled. I asked Mallory if I can count the states that I flew over that did I count those as being there? She's like, no, you can't count those. That's, that's, you're not on the ground. You can't count those. And so I, I wasn't in those states, but I flew over and I, I was in, in Southern California. I flew out on Tuesday morning and I wanted to fly Southwest because I've only flown just a handful of times my whole life and it's always been Southwest. And so I, I wanted that. And because of that, I had to sacrifice a little bit of sleep actually a lot of sleep, because my flight on Tuesday morning departed St. Louis at 6 o'clock in the morning. I live an hour and 15 away from the airport, and airports, I don't fly enough to know exactly how to navigate through those things, how long things are going to take, and so I decided I was going to give, I am the husband of Mallory Jones, and so I was going to plan this out I was going to give myself plenty of time to get there. And so my alarm on Tuesday morning goes off at 2.45 a.m. And side note, Reddick decided he wasn't going to sleep that well that night. And so I honestly don't remember sleeping that night at all. There's so much, you know, you're anxious about getting up and making sure that you hear your alarm clock. And so I get up at 2.45. I'm out the door by 3.15 in the morning. I arrive at the airport at 4.30 made it through TSA, located my gate, boarded the plane, had a layover in Dallas. I navigated that like a champ, and I boarded the next plane, landed in Orange County around 10 a.m., which would have been noon back here. And so all day long, I'm on Central Standard Time, but I'm out in the West. So I go, and I grab lunch with some of the, some of the guys, and I'm thinking, I probably need to go grab a quick nap. We had a... Uh, we had a social event that night, and uh, it, was, uh, it was in the evening at 6 p.m., and so I had a couple of hours to grab some sleep, but I was actually feeling pretty good, like I'm in California, I'm, uh, and so I, I run back to my hotel, I freshen up just a bit, I ate my free double tree cookie, which are hands down some of the best cookies in all the hotel land, somebody. I might even put them up there with some of the greats, like an insomnia or a crumble. I don't want to get too crazy, but they are some good cookies. So I landed at 10 a.m., and before I know it, I'm out on the Pacific Ocean on a boat tour, 
looking at all these houses that I'll probably never live in, these multi-million dollar houses that we're just cruising up and down the harbor looking at these houses. And I'm thinking, these are multi-million dollar houses. They're 2,200 square feet, no yard, and they're parked right up on top of the next house that has no yard and is 2,200 square feet. Multi, it was unreal. But, but the scenery was beautiful. The, the views were spectacular. But around 9 p.m., my body started to remind me about getting up at 2.45 a.m. So we finally grabbed an Uber at 10 p.m. and got back to the hotel at 10.15. And I think I finally fell asleep around 11 o'clock. I had been awake for almost 24 hours. Tired, y'all. Tired. We ain't 24 no more. 36 is hitting a little different these days. I was ready for a good night's sleep. And then at midnight, oh, at midnight. And I'm not talking about a Paul and Silas in prison kind of midnight. I'm talking about a Bryce Jones room 509 at the Doubletree at midnight. At midnight, I was awakened by the sound of the fire alarm of the hotel going off. And my PTSD kicked in because, for those of you who don't know, when I was 18 years old, I was awakened in the middle of the night from a house fire, not just any house fire, but one that started at the corner of my bed. Not my bedroom, the corner of my bed, all right? And so all of these old feelings are coming back to me. Survivor mode literally kicked in. I ran to the door, and I looked out the peephole, and there was a young girl who ran by screaming, I need towels, I need towels. So I threw some clothes on. I grabbed my backpack that had my laptops in it. My boss told me the next day, he's like, could have just left it, man. Just throw it. And I was like, I grabbed all this stuff. I threw my shoes on. And I was headed to the elevator. I was like, I'm out the door. I'm evacuating. I'm on the fifth floor. There's six floors total. I'm on the fifth floor. And I run down. Well, what I didn't know is they closed the doors to the hallway where the elevators are at. And it looks like a normal door. So when I walk out, I look all the way down at the end of the hallway. I see these girls just banging these towels on the floor. And I'm thinking in my head, they're trying to put out a fire. And so I was headed to the elevator. I walked right past the elevator door. And I was like, I guess I got to go right up to them. And so I walked up to these girls. I was like, are you guys okay? And they're like, something exploded in our room. Um, did you call the front desk? And they were like, we tried, but nobody was answering the phone. And, and all I heard was explosion. It's hot in the hallways of a hotel. And so I was like, I'm out. I, I, I'm, I'll go tell them for you on my way out of this hotel. And so I finally, I walked right past the elevators again. I was up and down the hallway, just walking right past. Couldn't find it. Thankfully, some good Samaritan was outside his door looking down. I was like, where's the so I find him, I get inside the elevator, then it dawned on me, if there's a fire, and I begin to pray, dear God, please get me to the bottom, please get me to the first floor unharmed. I, I, long story, I made it down, for those of you who don't know. Um, 
And once I was down there, the, the, the hotel clerk was on the phone and I was getting ready to tell him, hey, bro, something's going on, on the fifth floor. I'm not really sure. But he's on the phone and he's like, he's like, uh, are you sure? Like, do you need me to call 911? Can you get out of your room? I was like, he's got it. I'm out. I go out the door. The fire trucks are rolling in. The chief gets out of his, his truck. He sees me. He's like, where's it at? I'm like, it's on the fifth floor. I don't know what's going on, but that's where you need to be. That's where it's, I don't know what it is. So I sit down on the park bench outside the hotel, and there's another large apartment complex building that is right behind me. And all of a sudden, they decided, I don't know who it was, but they decided to light off some fireworks. And so, but I couldn't hear them. I could only hear the explosions that were happening. I've been in, I've been in California for 10 hours. I had more than enough tacos and I'm experiencing all of this in a matter of 10, 12 hours. Unbelievable. Hello, California. My goodness, where I didn't know where I was. I didn't know. I sat outside until almost 2.15 in the morning. And, and let me tell you, I mean, when you're that close to the ocean and 55 degrees, it's a little chilly. I was in a t-shirt. And I was just sitting out there. I think I was shaking from the cold, but it might have been just this anxiety and this all this, my, my adrenaline that was rushing through. And, and there was just a handful of other people. I'm like, did anybody not hear the fire alarm? Like, where is everybody at? And I sat out there until 2.15 in the morning, all to find out that one of the girls in that room had decided to hang her clothes from the sprinkler head. And that was the explosion that happened in that room. Oh, I was so thankful to hear that there wasn't a fire. But those three girls managed to flood out 25 hotel rooms. I'm tired. Y'all, I'm tired. And my entire trip... I was tired. We had, we had meetings all day the next day. I had to give a presentation on my book of business to my boss and his boss, along with all of my peers. And I was the only one from Fastenal that night that decided to evacuate the building. All of the other guys slept right through it. It was really kind of funny. They, they, they're like, I was telling, we got down the next morning, and everybody's like, some of them was like, did you hear that fire alarm? I was like, bro, I was out here directing the firemen. I needed, I was a part-time fireman for a couple hours. And they said, they're like, Bryce, we look, we don't have a missed call from you. We don't have a text from you. I was like, I de-escalated the situation pretty quick. So all is well. But my boss leaned over to me Wednesday afternoon. He's like, how you doing? You doing okay? He's looking at me because he could see the weariness on my face. He could see the, the traveler that I was and the part-time fireman that I was. He's like, I can tell you're tired. It was all over my face. There, there was no hiding this weariness that I, wa I was tired. Have you, have you ever noticed that, that when you go around asking people, man, how's it going? How, how, how's everything going? That, that, that's the response that they give now. You don't, you don't really hear, oh, I'm fine. Things are great. Things are good. No, 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 you hear, no, I'm tired. 
I'm tired. And, and that's an honest answer, too. Like, I, I'm just, I'm tired. Just been busy lately. I'm just tired. They Business Week actually did a, which is a company that helps global leaders stay ahead with insight and in-depth analysis on what's going on in the world. And they actually did a study and they did a survey and they found out that the number one response to the question of how are you doing was, I'm tired. That was the number one response. And so they have declared us the decade of fatigue. They say that we are overworked and are frustrated and we're tired. Everybody is just tired. It's almost like it's cool to say, I'm tired. I'm just tired. How about you? Oh, I'm tired also. Tired, tired, tired. We look in our Bible and Solomon said this one time. He said, the sun still rises and it still goes down and the, the wind blows round and round and back again. Every river flows into the sea and then the water returns to where the river began and starts all over again. Everything leads to weariness, a weariness too great for words. Let me put that in that verse in 2022 language. You go to work Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, mow the grass on Saturday, go to church, and then to return again Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, mow the grass, church on Sunday. And it's this cycle that repeats itself. It's weariness. But you know, there is, it seems that being tired is the reality here lately. And I, I don't think that I'm the only one. And, and I'm, not, I'm not talking about the kind of tired where you, you, you need just some extra, you need an extra, you need some extra sleep or you need a day off. I'm talking about the kind of tired that's deep inside. And I see that kind of fatigue on so many faces everywhere that I go. Even here today, as I look out through the audience, I see the tiredness. I see the weariness that is deep on the inside. I look around and I, I see the scars of high stress from the last two years of shutdowns and job losses and lives lost. And even though many things are better today, I think we will all grapple with those marks that were left on us for years to come. In fact, T.D. Jakes said that the experts he's talked to recently said that it may take 10 years for all of us to recover from the trauma that we are experiencing in just the relationship to this pandemic. 10 years to recover. And this, this book that we study and this book that we read from and we preach from and we study it every Sunday and every Wednesday, it talks about stillness. It talks about rhythm. It talks about pace. It talks about slowness. Those things are actually essential to your spiritual health. But very rarely do we stop. This, this world and all its issues continue to cause us to go at a pace that is frankly rushed, hurried, and usually very rarely slow and almost never is still. And then there's the, there's the media fatigue. The barrage of fear-mongering headlines and alarming clickbait that's coming at us from every angle. 
I picked up my phone last night just to get on and look at some of the current headlines to share with you today. But after reading through them, I just couldn't bring myself to share those with you this morning. But most of you are aware of the current events and, and this media fatigue that I'm talking about today. The headlines of uh, uh, that are going around that can get can get conspiracy theories that are rolling through our group chats. Did you hear about this? Well, this is what I heard, and this is what I heard. It's coming down the pipe, and oh, did you hear about this? This is what we need to do. We need to be doing A, B, and C. Did you hear what's going on? Well, this is what my friend told me. On and on and on it goes, coming at us from every angle, on top of the real pain of real events. On top of, of real events like innocent people that are paying the price for a war. On top of innocent children that are paying the price of mental illness. And hardworking people paying more than they have just to buy groceries and fuel and keep their children fed. Knowing that the economy is forecasted to only get worse. That's the kind of tired I'm talking about. And my message this morning is not to try and discourage you. My aim by the help of the Holy Ghost is to help you fix your eyes this morning on what really matters. That's why I'm thankful for our text this morning. Finally, brethren, whatsoever things are true and honest and just and pure and lovely, whatsoever things are of a good report, if there be any virtue, if there be any praise, think on these things. Is this world giving us some things to think about? You better believe it. But hardly any of it is true. Hardly any of it is honest and pure and lovely. You'll search long and hard for a good report. But I'm telling you, we got a good report in the word of God. We got promises that are yes and amen. Ones that you can count on. Yeah. And that was, that was Solomon's problem. Solomon, his eyes were completely focused on everything that is earth. Everything, he said it, that is just under the sun. The stuff that is just right here. The stuff that is just among, I'm preaching to those of you this morning that walked in here with your head hanging low. Those of you that are tired both physically, but most importantly, spiritually. Your eyes have been fixed on the brokenness of this world instead of the beauty that is found in the hope of Jesus Christ. My friend, it's time to pick yourself up and think on these things. Don't let the devil steal your attention away from what is true and what is honest. Don't let the enemy allow him to define for you what is pure and what is lovely don't let cnn or fox news be the ones who give you a good report everything that you are looking for is all found in the presence of the lord in his presence, there is fullness of joy. And at his right hand, there are pleasures forevermore. 2 Corinthians 4. Let me, let me kind of set this up for you. 2 Corinthians 4, 
is, uh, is written by a guy that was the opposite of Solomon. He didn't have anything. In fact, if someone's life didn't work out very well, we think about people whose lives didn't work out very well, it would have been the Apostle Paul. Because every place he went, he was beaten. He was in prison. He was whipped. In fact, the 39 lashes that Jesus received that nearly killed Jesus, Paul gets it five times. He was in prison. He was shipwrecked. The Bible says that he spent a night and a day. We talked about that not too long ago. A night and a day in the open sea just floating around in the Mediterranean like a cork. He finally climbs to safety and a snake snake bites him. I'm telling you, it never worked out for him. Yet this is what he said in 2 Corinthians 4. Therefore, we do not lose heart. Now let's stop for just a moment. Wouldn't you like to be the one who is able to say that regardless of what's going on around you? Wouldn't you like to be the one to say that regardless of what the stock market does, regardless of what our children do, regardless of the job, regardless of what our boss said to us, regardless of the weather, regardless of anything else, you can still say, it doesn't mess me up. I never lose heart. Wouldn't you love to say that? Wouldn't you know to love? Wouldn't you love to know the secret behind a statement? To a guy who experienced such a rough life. He said this, and there is truth here. Though outwardly we are wasting away, yet inwardly we are being renewed day by day for our light and momentary troubles. Now stop for just a moment and think about this with me. There was nothing light. There was nothing momentary about his But because of the truth that I'm getting ready to read to you, it felt that they were light and it felt that they were momentary. Paul said, for our light and momentary troubles are achieving for us an eternal glory that far outweighs them all. I want you to hear this this morning. What Paul was teaching here is such a great truth. And that is the secret to solving your problems isn't to solve your problems. The secret to solving your problems is to have something in your life that is bigger and greater than your problems. He's saying, I have just as much trouble as any of you, but the difference is I have something in my life that outweighs it all. Some of you are running around right now trying to fix every issue and and, and trying to fix every problem, issues that aren't even yours to begin with. How about instead of trying to fix everything all of the time, trying to solve that, you you need to you need something in your life that is just bigger than your problems something in your life that is just greater than your problems and what that does is it actually serves as a distraction away from those issues and paul is saying that the secret to that is eternal he's saying the secret to that is eternal while we look not at the things which are seen, but at the things which are not seen. For the things which are seen are temporal, but the things which are not seen are eternal. The things which are not seen are eternal. 
Hey, I know there's an immense amount of things in this world that that are being thrown at us on the daily. Things that are stealing our attention. Things that bring distraction. And it's coming from every direction. Not a single one of us are exempt from it. But don't let that steal you. Don't let it steal from you your vision of eternity. Friend, don't let this life rob you of the life that is to come. That's the secret to never losing heart. Though outwardly we are wasting away yet inwardly we are being renewed day by day for our light and momentary troubles are achieving for us an eternal glory that far outweighs them all friend don't be weary in your well-doing this morning you have a promise we have a promise to reap if we faint not and one of the things that we're going to reap one of these days is making it home making it through those pearly gates making it to eternity with the lord Come on, clap your hands unto him today. Fix your eyes on what is eternal. Let this word pick you up today. Think on these things. Think on these things. I challenge you, go for a walk today. Think on these things. Speak to your husband or your wife about these things. Spend some time just in silence thinking about these things. Rise up in the morning and think about these things. Go to bed at night thinking about these things. When you're headed off to work, think on these things. Remind your children about these things. Put a note on your refrigerator door about these things. Because his word warned us that this time was coming. Our music comes today. We could, we could see it unfolding before our very eyes. Luke 21 and 26, and I believe this is where we're at right now. Jesus said, men's hearts failing them for fear and for looking after what? Those things which are coming on the earth. For the powers of heaven shall be shaken. I believe that's where we're at. The Bible told us about the chaos that will characterize the phase directly preceding the second coming. But the very next verse is our hope. With all the fatigue and the anguish that we are all feeling in our hearts but not really saying it out loud, here's what Jesus said. And then shall they see the Son of Man coming in a cloud with power and great glory. And when these things begin to come to pass, then look up and lift up your heads, for your redemption draweth nigh. I know you're tired today, but would you look up? I know you might be spiritually exhausted, but would you look up? 
This is no time to be looking down at everything that is going on around you. That's, that's why men's hearts failed them. I said that's why men's hearts failed them. They're looking down at everything that is earth. All the brokenness. All the, all the weariness. All of, all of the things that aren't right. All of the things that aren't godly. And we're not exempt from it. I'm not telling you that we just need to put the spiritual blinders on and just kind of just walk through life. No, this is our reality. We're a part of the broken world. We're we're all sinners falling short. But for those of us who are in Christ and we we see it and 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 we and we think, oh. I'll just make a post on Facebook and that'll just that'll just change everybody's way of thinking. No. No. We celebrated this past week's news. We're excited about everything that is that has taken place and the, the decisions that were made, but yet there's even more division. Men's hearts failed them for fear because they were looking after the things that were coming on the earth. My message is to fix your eyes on what's happening beyond the sun. Fix our eyes on Jesus, the author and the finisher of our faith. What would happen if we lived with everything in our focus being eternal? I'll tell you what would happen. It would outweigh every problem that you face. You would find yourself just as Paul found himself, regardless of what tomorrow dishes out, regardless of what next month or the rest of this year, regardless of what happens to the economy, it doesn't matter. You would be just like Paul, never losing Do you stand with me this morning? Prayer is one of the greatest ways for us to be more eternally minded than temporary minded if you pray the right way. The way the Bible talks about prayer, Colossians chapter 3, it says, Since then you have been raised with Christ. Set your hearts on things above. Where Christ is seated. Set your minds on things above and not on earthly things. Here's a thought I want to give you. Instead of coming to your prayer place and constantly telling God about all of your earthly stuff, and God, why don't you just show up and help me with all of this earth stuff? The real secret of prayer is a process. In fact, you can define prayer this way. It's a process where heaven becomes your reality. Did you know that prayer is not really ab- uh, is not really about informing God about all the conditions of the earth like he doesn't know what's going on? Oh God, I got to tell you what happened this week. I got to tell you you're not going to believe this. 
God already knows what's going on. But it's this process where you are able to dump this stuff off of this earth and really just kind of take on a new attitude and a new mind and a new heart. In fact, when you read Psalms, you'll notice, and this is pretty funny, I think, David, it's like when he first comes into Psalms, when he first, like the, the very first couple of verses in Psalms, he's got like the worst attitude of anybody. He's like, God, I need you to beat up my enemies, and, and I, I, I need you to attack them and, and, and have flies from a camel just attack I know I'm taking my liberty a little bit, but it's kind of funny to me. He comes in, he's got this attitude like, just destroy them all. He's just mad at these people. But notice with the last verse how it how it always contrast the first verse of any psalm david gets to the place where he says oh lord you alone and i worship you and god have your way what happened what took place somewhere from the beginning of that psalm to the end of that psalm David got his priorities changed. And instead of focusing on all the stuff that was on earth, instead he started focusing on the things that are in heaven. And his attitude changed. God, you are worthy. God, it's you and you alone. And truly, prayer becomes a process where earth wasn't his big picture anymore. I think worship does that for us. Isn't that right? You come in here and, man, your world's big and your God is small. But we come into this place and somewhere in the middle of it all, somewhere in worship when we get lost in praise and worship, by the time we finish, man, our God is so big and our world is so small. You remember the old chorus? Turn your eyes upon Jesus and the things of this earth will grow strangely dim. Would you bow your head and close your eyes with me just for a moment? I'm calling us to a new level of prayer to where we are not accepting the world's reality as our reality, but we're taking what God's word says and we're going to trust in our God that's big, our God that is mighty. We're going to take on a new reality. That's why we get back to the place to make it. The, 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 the prayer is going to be our priority so that we are more eternally focused than temporary focused. I know we're spiritually exhausted from all that is going on in the world right now. I know that it can be draining trying to find the will of God in all of this mess, trying to find the right direction when the wrong direction is being offered to us daily. My friend, turn your eyes on Jesus this morning. Turn your eyes on Jesus. Look up. Look up. Look up. Think on these things. And Paul said, the God of peace shall be with you. Would you join me around this altar? Would you join me real fast around this altar? Come on, can we gather in right now? Join me around this altar. 
come on, you're weary, you're tired, you're searching, you're looking, and in the search, it's tiring, it's wearing us out. Come on, come on, join me around this altar this morning. Join me around this altar. Come on, and as you're coming, I'm going to invite you if you want to kneel and pray. But would you just lift up your hands and lift up your head? As Jesus said, would you just begin to, to, to look up in this place? Come on right now. Come on, you're looking for peace. Peace, what's the right decision? Which direction am I supposed to go? This world's offering me so much. This world is offering me every out, but it doesn't feel godly. It doesn't feel like that's right. God, I'm searching for you. God, I'm tired this morning, but I'm tired because my focus hasn't been on you, God. Help my focus to be eternal. Come on, lift up your voice in this place right now. Not really worrying about who's beside you. Not really worrying about who's listening to your prayer. Lift up your voice right now and begin to pray. Begin to talk to the Lord. Come on, get real honest with him right now. God, I'm tired. Lord, I'm weary. Lord, I'm weary. He invites you. He invites you, those that are tired, those who are weary, exhausted, those who are carrying heavy burden. He invites you. Come on, lift up your voice with me right now. Lift up your voice with me right now. Father, help us to think on these things. Thank you for listening. Special thanks to those that give generously to this ministry. If you would like more information, please visit our website at landmarkapostolicchurch.net. But have a great day and God bless.